everyone. Welcome to the Third Culture Kid virtual online forum where our conversations of TCK and faith come together. This is a place for people to share their own stories and learn from others. It is a place people could safely explore the effects, benefits, and purpose with cross-cultural upbringings. We also want to challenge TCKs and CCKs to think deeper on how their cross-cultural component of their lives is tied to their faith. This podcast is brought to you by Crew, a caring community passionate about connecting people with Jesus Christ. So today we're going to talk about first generation, third culture kids. These are TCKs that don't necessarily live overseas, but because of their parents lived in other countries, they have TCK experience of living between worlds. I will let everyone introduce themselves. So we'll start with name where you are living right now, and what makes you a first-generation TCK. Yeah, I can go ahead. Uh, my name is Makda Asefa, and I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the moment. I'm from Ohio, born and raised there. My parents are immigrants, refugees, asylum seekers, whatever you want to call it, from Ethiopia and Eritrea. So I'm second-generation Eritrean-Ethiopian. My name is Sophia Abraham. Some people call me Peanut because I'm small, brown, and a little round. I am currently at home in Florida with my family, but I go to school in Indiana. My parents migrated to New York from India back in the 1990s and then had me. So I'm a first-generation Indian. Hi, I'm Anthony. Um, I'm currently in Denver, Colorado, but I am typically reside in Austin, Texas. I was born and raised in Taiwan and grew up there for 15 years. Moved here when I was in a sophomore of high school. What makes me TCK is I grew up in Taiwan and came here to the U.S. have to learn to adapt to both culture. And I'm Elizabeth and I am not a first generation TCK, but I am a TCK because from ages two to 11, I lived in the Philippines. My parents did missionary work there. Okay, so the first question I'm going to ask is, what are some cultural clashes that you experience both at home with your family and at school with your friends? There's going to be a lot to list, but I can share one of them. I think for me, a lot of it is differences in value system and communication methods or even just communication style understandable even within the same culture there is kind of that differences but i think with coming from different cultures that makes it even more drastic so one example was that i recently had a conversation with my dad and he was having some hardship at his workplace and um, he didn't tell me about it i had to hear through my mom in their mind that was being considered as caring as loving as not putting on extra burden onto my brother and i but for me kind of being adapted to an more american open culture that's not considered as caring for me so things like that pop up it can be that i'm standing on the more western side or when i'm communicating with my peers who are americans i'll be considered more taiwanese or more eastern And I'll be doing things that I thought was loving for them. And then they might just get a shock. Like, what the heck? Why are you doing this? Why don't you involve me? I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was caring, but it's not. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that's real. I think for me too, like the main clashes are between my family and I, because I went to school here, you know, elementary till now, really. <laughs> um, I think the main thing is just like, as far as boundaries and like the idea of like me being an individual and maybe a little bit more like autonomous. I think my parents can be a little bit more, they have more say than maybe like my American counterparts, if that makes sense. Sometimes like my friends will be like, well, I just chose where I went to school or whatever, but my parents are a little bit more like, nope, you're going to go to school here. This is what you're going to do. And I think also just maybe some more, I think our parents are like really revered and respected in our culture. And there isn't necessarily like, oh, my mom like sat me down and like, you know, that emotional exchange, Mm -hmm. for instance, your parents aren't really like your friends. Um, They're more like respected and honored. But, you know, you you talk to your peers about those types of things. But at school, like, you know, people were sharing stuff with their parents and their mom and dad. And I'm like, oh, I would not do that. You know, like I might get in trouble, actually, if I shared that. Things like that. Yeah. See, I can totally relate with that. The Indian culture is really collective. And so we kind of think in unity, your decisions on your life and everything that you do. It's kind of this collective decision. But what I was noticing in American culture and in schools is there's a lot more independence. People had the freedom to kind of make their own choices, pick their own jobs and things of that sort. But it's like from the day I was born, my dad had put, I want her to be a doctor, you know, <laughs> and any deviation from that was we need, need to get her back into the right ways. And it seemed like there was only three careers ever in the horizon where and there were some <laughs> that I just should not even consider because that's just not going to go well in this collective mind. And so it was really hard at times because it's like, Everyone, you know, in school is going, embrace your freedom and go for whatever you want. Be a dreamer. And my parents are more like, dream within the confines of medicine or dream within (laughs) the confines of engineering. And so there was a lot of clash where one side is saying, be whatever you want to be. And the other side is like, be what we want you to be. And the differences that came from those conversations. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, thank you all for sharing. Yeah, so the second question I have is, how did your upbringing influence how you viewed society? I think one major thing that I shared before was growing up in the Midwest, there weren't many like other international communities. My school was basically just white Americans and black Americans. And so being like someone that we spoke a different language at home, like, my name sounded foreign. I just kind of stood out a little bit more. But when you think of like race, like as a, mm-hmm. an indicator, like a social indicator, I am black. I would say like my upbringing influenced how I viewed society and then also like helped me combat like how society viewed me. Um, I think what we learned about was, you know, black Americans, like their story started at enslavement and mm-hmm because my parents and my extended family like invested my culture to me within me, I was able to combat that narrative and like actually have like more cultural dignity and, you know, just know like, I mean, in the image of God, this isn't where my story started or even like people that look like me, this isn't where our story started. 
And so that was a really huge thing that I feel like really fortified my sense of self and my cultural identity. I can relate to that a lot. I would like to add on to that. Being at the intersection of two different cultures allows me to experience the racial conversation or the Mm -hmm. cultural conversation instead of being taught or having Mm -hmm. to be corrected. Um, just because I got to have the chance of observing the differences. So I might experience or feel certain things that is creating a a conflict in my mind, but it it takes some time for me to be able to verbalize it and put it into words and make sense of what is happening. I think for me, the nation culture is in America is definitely being considered a model citizen, a, a more quiet ethnicity that we can just fly under the radar. So I think my parents grew up in Taiwan, kind of just instilled that in our mind, that when we came to the States, it's like, hey, you're entering a white man's society, a country. Learn to adapt. Do not cause attention. Fly under the radar. Don't cause any trouble. There's no way that you're going to be able to succeed in a sense that that you can stand out just because this is a white man society. You are not white and it won't happen, but that's not true. There might be obstacles for sure, but I think I did not have a lot of that growing up until moving here when I was a teenager and start seeing some of the truth. I said, no, that's not entirely true. Yes, most of the Asians in America might be, a lot of them are, are more quiet. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that we don't exist. Um, so I think that really helped me solidify my identity. That mm-hmm. I started seeing this contrast that, hey, now I'm no longer ashamed of where I came from. That yeah. I carried a story now that I can share with others. Yeah. And that dissonance totally resonates with me as well. I know that I was also kind of informed to stay under the radar. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not white. So, you know, (laughs) you don't want to bring too much attention to yourself. You don't know what people will say. And definitely was told to more like squash my voice a bit. But that's also being a woman. So there was a lot of things that were going on. It really had me confused and a little scared of society because Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure what movies you know, my family had seen growing up of America, but it's just like, everyone's after your money and everyone's out to hurt you. Just, just hide, you know? And so in my head, I was like, you know, I'm just going to study, turn in, you know, my stuff and walk away. You know, that's just, I was living in fear of society, to be honest. But then it was after coming to be more immersed into it and witnessing it, it's just saying, difference is not scary. Difference is not something to be frightened of. And you know, learning to kind of mold my own and carve my own voice out of it while respecting mm. my parents and also mm-hmm. understanding my value and that the parent, my parents had instilled within me mm-hmm. um, was quite the journey and kind of trying to deviate from that fear and not be so fearful about that gap between what I was taught yeah. and raised with versus what mm. society was shown was the unread adventure in itself. Yeah. And I think y'all, it sounds like you guys have all really been blessed with the ability to connect different cultures and even help people that are from these different cultures, help them come together and be like, okay, like, yes, partially true, partially not, and join together. So I think that's really cool that the outlook that you guys have on that. 
The next question is, how do you reconcile your parents' home culture and your American culture? If I'm being honest, I haven't completely reconciled it. I have decided to kind of separate those two lives, kind of just seeing the combustion that occurs when mostly at home, though. So I, what I've noticed is that my American culture and like when I'm with my friends and things of that sort, they're a bit more understanding of the Indian culture. But when it comes to my family side and my parents and all of that, they're a little bit more rigid in what they're okay with and what they adapt to. And so there's a lot of American culture that they just don't agree with or have a stigma against it and are not open to it. And one of the big things is definitely relationally. Like my parents really believe in arranged marriage. So talking about boys or even being friends with guys sometimes is quite the conversation. And so <laughs> I have not been able to reconcile. I have tried to figure out a way to properly bring some things into my parents' attention, but have realized that they still don't quite grasp a lot of it. They have some notion of it that is quite deviant from what it actually is. And I have not learned the proper way of, I guess, relaying it without scaring them. So I've just, you know, been praying for their hearts to soften to some aspects of America because they don't have to immerse themselves in it. Very confusing to them, but reconciling with friends is very easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like our age group peers are a little bit easier to understand anyways. Sometimes I think we're taught more open-mindedness than maybe, you know, in the past. Yeah, I can definitely relate with you, Sophia. So like I said, I was, I've been in Colorado this past week and spending a lot of time with my friend and my friend's parents. So my friend is also a first-generation his parents are from Malaysia slash China, but ethnically Chinese. So I thought I had these two cultures reconciled until this week. And then they recently, they left this morning. And then I was having a conversation with my friends like, oh crap, my mind is not really working right now. Because I have to, these two different modes that interact with mm-hmm. different people. Uh, my personality is slightly different. It's not that I'm not true to myself, but the way of conveying respect the way of honoring them is very different. And then I was just conversing so much with his parents that I kind of forgot how to interact as an American. Um, and it's kind of weird. But also I talked to my parents and I realized I've been carrying my American conversation style and personality over to them. They're not understanding. And mm-hmm. they just think of me as someone who is not very considerate, is very forceful with my thoughts, my opinions. I was like, mom, I'm not trying to, enforce anything onto you but they just perceive it that way and I can Mm -hmm. gradually see that and understand it so I think to help understand my parents culture more I'm trying to listen more about where they came from what's their story because oftentimes they will have examples of yeah this is how I've been doing things for 20 years since I was in the 20s why should I change it and then there is truth to that If it's not broken, why do you fix it? Mm -hmm. But understanding it's not that they're refusing to learn something new. It's just that's where they came from. And that's part of their story. So I'm trying to understand that. And I think it gives me more compassion from where they came from and gives me more patience and being able to adjust more accordingly. But yeah, I I realize I don't have these two cultures reconciled at all. 
Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. It's, I definitely feel like I'm living a fragmented life and, you know, I'm Ethiopian when I go home and then I'm American outside and it's just, yeah, it's like hard to integrate it all well. And there's parts of my home culture that I don't like and I want to let go of. And there's parts of American culture like I don't like and I don't, you know, like which ones do I mm-hmm. meld together and mm-hmm. how well do they go together? So it is kind of hard. And I relate, like, I think I've messed up a lot in wanting like my parents to be like totally on the same page as me. I'm like, I want you to be like just as American or just as kind of third culture-ish as me. Yeah. And it it just feels hard to be like, okay, I know like I'm my own person. I have my, you know, I don't always need my parents' approval. I think there's a that little child in me like always wants my parents to have my back, be okay with what I'm doing. And so like recognizing that and like just being okay with the person that I'm becoming and being like in community with other like third culture kids as well is really important because I feel like they understand the same like tension and that it's never fully resolved and there's a lot of mistakes along the way and so that kind of helps yeah there's a comfort in that almost an unspoken comfort yeah and talking to people that kind of understand you know what you're going through yeah okay so then just the last question i have is how did your faith or how does your faith help you navigate the in-betweenness? To be honest, my faith was the thing that was finally that decision I had made on my own because my parents had raised us in this Catholic home and there was a lot of things that I had not agreed with. But I had acknowledged myself as a Catholic, but I never really questioned why. And I, whenever I went to my parents or anything of the sort of so it's like why this why that and it never really made, made any sense to me and so it's just like you just believe right because it's like your family believes your grandparents believe and there's just no deviating and I was like but that doesn't make sense and so then I was reading the bible and I was like some things just aren't clicking with what you guys have told me and my faith was the one thing where I decided I'm going to deviate a bit and I'm going to explore this on my own and see where I stand And I noticed in that exploration that I had actually kind of disagreed with where my parents had stood. And in doing so, it's just like that journey that has, that I've been taken on because of it is God has just shown me that your relationship with him is individual, right? And that is shared between God and you. And it's just kind of shown me the beauty in just all the different cultures, all the different people, but including respecting my parents as well, Mm. because I noticed that their upbringing and the way God created them and the life that God had given them is beautiful in its own context and narrative. And I'm just hoping that one day those worlds can mesh, but God has just kind of shown the the beauty through it all and just how wonderfully and fearfully he's made everyone, including myself, and just how ultimately independent of the difficulties or the lack of reconciliation I can have that he's like, I still love you and I still long for you and I want a relationship with you. And I think that's brought this peace and comfort when things can kind of get a bit rocky and shaky in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a new thing for me, like to, because my discipleship was mostly like in white spaces. There wasn't ever that integration of who I was culturally and my faith. Like, I'm like, I don't even know like how those two relate, 
you know, I didn't even have like language for it. And so it's kind of a newer thing to expect more of my faith and even like of who Jesus is in this area of my life, figuring out what, you know, how I identify culturally and that whole like, you know, mess of things used to just be like honor your parents and uh, just, it was pretty much that. I mean, like, I don't know what else it could have been, but I think for me, like knowing that I have a father that won't be like disappointed in me, like by cultural standards is very comforting and kind of provides like that security. I think also knowing like Jesus being like bicultural in a sense, hopefully that's not unbiblical to say, but, (laughs) you know, being both God and man and just towing the line between being under like his parents' care, but also like going a different way and not doing exactly what they would like and but also honoring them fully and and taking care of them as well like taking care of Mary and when i think of my home culture i often think of my parents that that's mostly that that um relationship or our community like our elders and things like that so just noticing how jesus during his time on earth interacts with his family and people from his area just like the tension like it wasn't always really easy and it still provided some hard things for him to deal with but he like still loved and honored them well there's room for me to like look at Jesus and how to do that so and Jesus was technically a TCK because he lived in Egypt he was a Jewish boy that lived in Egypt from ages two to I think it was 12 but yeah (laughs) that's a good point (laughs) I think for me, I really resonate a lot with the wisdom part of of scripture, of the word. If God is truly all-knowing, his words carries quite a few weights. He knows what's happened in the past. He knows what's happening right now. He knows what's going to happen in the future. So I really resonate with like the Proverbs, kind of the almost like truth that doesn't change across time, across culture. So in that sense, it provides an anchor and a guideline for me. It kind of pulls me out of the grunt work of the what and how. Like, how do I love my parents? How do I, and what I do to, to love them well? How do I honor and respect them? But focusing on the why mm-hmm. of, hey, I want to love them because Jesus loved me first. He mm-hmm. forgave me. How can I not forgive others? How can I not love others? So I think it makes things, it bridges the two culture that in one side, maybe loving is to not burdening them. The other side is to share all the things with them. It's like, hey, how do I do them? And I realize that, hey, if I go back to the Bible, my intent is to love them. Mm-hmm. I can adapt. I don't have to choose just one. I can move around in a fluid motion. So becomes a guideline and a standard for me to pick the best of two worlds and then mush it together and create this new version that I am currently trying to to live in. And in that sense, I can walk in the in-betweens and be yeah. okay with it. Yeah. That's good. That sounds very like freeing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, Thank you guys so much for joining us and answering our questions. It was great getting to know you. TCKVOF is now on 10 podcast platforms, 
If you want to stay connected to us and ask a question or have a topic idea you would like us to discuss in the future, you can click on the message button on Anchor to leave us a voice message. Thank you again for listening to TCK VOF, where our conversations of TCK and faith come together. Hope you have a good rest of the week.